This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 81. In tonight's show, Microsoft unveils new personalized learning features, tailoring education for the 21st century. Mark Cuban invests in smarter discussion boards. And is EdTech trapped in Bloom's basement? Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, Ricky. How are you feeling this week? I'm okay. I've been struggling with a cough. I think you can kind of hear in the voice I'm a little congested still. So I've, I've got my water nearby, so I'm hoping that I won't have any coughing fits. But it's it's been getting better slowly. So I've been dealing with that. But I have to mention as we begin this, now we're recording this on Wednesday night because of a scheduling conflict for tomorrow night. But I've been geeking out since yesterday. I don't know how closely you've been following the Falcon Heavy launch and some of the cool stuff that happened with that. But it's a pretty good time to be a geek. Well, I would like to hear about it because I have not been following it. Oh, my goodness. So well, just look up the video. The only thing that you need to see really besides, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things going on that Musk is doing with, space, with SpaceX. But you got to see both of these rockets return to the landing pads and land together. It's so ridiculous. Like It's <laughs> so insane that he's figured out a way to get these rockets to be reusable and you know 10 years ago whatever it was everyone said this isn't even possible and he's doing it it's just it looks like a sci-fi movie it's so cool you just check it out do do yourself a favor if you haven't been following just check out spacex falcon heavy launch and just watch it it's pretty awesome okay i will definitely do that but this is not just a tech show this is an ed tech show so we begin as we always do with the ed tech news rundown EdTech Magazine reports that Microsoft unveiled new tech to create a personalized, immersive education. They announced numerous ways that Microsoft products are helping to accomplish this. PowerPoint is now able to record lessons with interactive ink and narration. These recordings can then easily be accessed by any students with their Microsoft accounts. They also announced an immersive reader tool which reads the students and it has an improved language translator as well. And their very popular Minecraft um, now includes things that allow concepts like state of matter, structure of atoms, and chemical reactions becoming accessible in Minecraft through that immersive world and these brand new tools. So that's according to Minecraft Education Director Neil Maingold. Microsoft is certainly stepping up its game, as we saw in our story in episode 80, Christine. It seems that they intend to keep the train moving forward. And I think they're not going to stop until they get people like you who are Google certified educators to jump on board. Are you starting to go their way at all? Or or what are you thinking about this? I don't know about that, Ricky. You know, I think it's good that they're trying to keep up with Google, but that's exactly what it seems like they're doing with the collaborative tools, you know, making it so students can work together. But so many of us are so immersed into Google right now that, you know, we wouldn't switch at this point. So we'll see what else they do. And I think a lot of it will also determine, you know, what are the add-ons? You know, with Google, there's so many people developing extensions and other tools that you can add to it. So how many of those are going to be developed for Minecraft to make them usable in the classroom? Sorry, not just Minecraft, all of Microsoft. So so I'm going to have to wait and see on that. Too little, too late, maybe even, it sounds like. Yeah, so they're trying to keep up, I guess. All right, our next article, Tailoring Education for the 21st Century, Perspectives from Educators. This post from found on the Google blog comes from guest author Veronica Lara, senior editor of the Economist Intelligence Unit, EII. 
This study, sponsored by Google for Education and done by the EII, examines the strategies that are most effective for developing 21st century skills or a mix of soft skills like problem solving and collaboration and foundational literacies, mathematics and reading. By surveying 1,200 teachers and administrators, they found that a holistic approach is key and they have five top findings. Number one, teachers should use a range of strategies to effectively deliver what students need to include active learning, project-based learning, cognitive activation, and personalized learning. Number two, technology can best support teaching by promoting interaction, engagement, and communication. 77% of the respondents share that technology can make lessons more engaging as well as free up time for lesson planning and increased communication. Number three, teacher autonomy matters. The study found there is a strong correlation between teacher autonomy and school readiness to teach both foundational literacies and soft skills. Number four, budget constraints are the most common barrier to innovation. Big surprise, mm-hmm. with half responding with budget limitations as the most significant barrier to adopting new teaching strategies, 51%, and technologies, 53%. And lastly, number five, educators are divided over how fast to innovate, wanting to use tested tools before jumping into a particular tool or piece of tech. What do you think about these survey, survey results, Ricky? Any surprises? I mean, I think a lot of this is is just indicative of what we always kind of talk about with ed tech and technology and how it how it's going to be be effective as we move forward um i think that maybe one of the more interesting things on this for me because it's not really as much ed tech really is about how teacher autonomy matters we hear so much about how you know if we let good teachers do their thing they're gonna have a lot better engagement a lot better and 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 just education in general is going to be better when we give them some of that. Um, but there's that struggle between, you know, do we have teachers who aren't good teachers doing their own thing, which means they're not doing anything. So, <laughs> but you know, in general, I think if we get good teachers, I totally agree with letting them sort of interact with the students and build that relationship and develop their own way of doing things is the way to go. So I think that in terms of, you know, 21st century is interesting that, that that is, I mean, that's almost like kind of old school to me to be bringing here, but I agree with that. It's just how do we continue to get the best of the best to become teachers? And perhaps money yeah. is going to have to be part of that. Yeah. You know, maybe that just is a shift from, yeah, for the last maybe 15 years before we switched to Common Core here in California, it was very scripted on the standards. And, you know, we even had teachers had to be on a certain page at a certain day or else, you know, then they face sanctions. So, I think this is definitely swinging the other way with teacher autonomy and it is important, especially with innovation. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a similar thing that everyone um, is experiencing. You know, I know, especially the underperforming schools get state curriculums even brought in. And like you said, you've got to, if they walk into your classroom on Wednesday at this time, you need to be doing this. Otherwise you're in trouble. So, I, I mean, I understand the need for structure and that we can't just let people do whatever if they're not doing something right. But clearly there's value in a good teacher being able to attack and problem solve on their own. So hopefully that becomes something that's more desired and more supported. All right. Our next story from prnewswire.com. We learned that ed tech investors, including one Mark Cuban, I'm a big Shark Tank fan, so got to love it when Mark Cuban gets involved in things. He's backing an online discussion platform. It's very popular with college faculty. It's called Paperback, and they've raised $4.2 million in a Series A funding round that includes Mr. Mark Cuban. 
And its popularity among educators stems in part from its reliance on best practices from cognitive science and inquiry-based learning, including well-known cognitive framework, Bloom's Taxonomy. Now, Paperback creates AI-powered learning communities for professors that improve critical thinking and support curiosity in students, which sounds pretty awesome. Paperback supports engaging academic discourse as the AI automates the time-intensive activities required to maintain, moderate, and facilitate a valuable discussion. Now, as someone who personally works with faculty in creating discussion boards and the problems that come across or come about because of these things, it's always it always becomes really difficult with discussion boards when you start to get 15 or more students in an online scenario because it just starts to get so heavy, heavily clouded and it really becomes difficult and it takes a lot of time. So if they've really solved the management issues with AI, it's definitely something I'd like to have in my faculty. And I'm definitely going to reach out to them and see if we can get a demo for EdTech Weekly or even for my university to see if that's something that we could move forward to. Christy, I know that this is higher ed, but it seems like another awesome use of AI that's going to allow teachers to focus on what they bring to the table and computer stuff to take care of the stuff that teachers don't really want to deal with. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's great. I'd love to hear what you think of it or what you can get for that trial. You know, whatever we can do to use technology to take care of the the easy stuff. And as AI gets better, wow, that will be amazing to think about then what else teachers could be doing um, with their time. And that that's just really neat. So let me know how that goes. Yeah, I'm fascinated to know how the AI works with that. Because, you know, like you said, easy, easy, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not time intensive. So even though it's easy necessarily to go through and read discussions and move people into certain areas and, and, and respond, it takes a lot of time. So if that takes some of those things like if we can organize the discussions based on what people are talking about and using like, I mean, that could be amazing. So I'm interested to see what else it can do. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Our next article is an opinion piece by Jared Silver from EdSurge. Silver describes a visit to his old high school library where he was disappointed to observe that flashcards and textbooks have been replaced by students staring at computer screens. It wasn't the use of technology that was his concern, but by the learning task, that the actual task hasn't really changed in 20 years since he was in high school. It was just being facil facilitated now by tech and asserts that ed tech is trapped in Ben Bloom's basement. He's referring, of course, to Benjamin Bloom's taxonomy of the, co of the cognitive domain and is represented by a graphic of a pyramid with remembering on the bottom and creating at the top to represent the relative complexity of the learning objectives. If you're in education, you are probably familiar with this pyramid with the levels being remember, understand, apply, analyze, evaluate, and create. Silver's observation in that library was that tech was being used at the lowest level to remember. How to escape Ben Bloom's basement? The author gives two ways, better tech or less tech. For better tech, he gives the example of learning a language with Duolingo or Quill.org that uses natural language progression and machine learning techniques to provide scaffolded feedback on answers that learners construct themselves. For less tech, he shares that Quizlet Live, Pear Deck, and Nearpod use tech to put the focus on conversation and reflection among students. So this one was pretty interesting to me, Ricky, and also that um, the author, Jared Silver, hit me up on Twitter when he saw that we were going to be talking about it. So I hope he's listening to our podcast. And Jared, if you want to give us a call and be on our show as a guest, that'd be awesome. We could talk more about this. But what do you think, Ricky? Are we stuck in Ben, in ben Bloom's basement with EdTech? 
I mean, I think we're stuck there with more than ed tech. I mean, I, unfortunately, the more that I get into education, the more I feel like in some ways and in higher ed too that we struggle with this. And I, I think we should say that we can call him now friend of the show, Jared Silver, right? I mean, he's clearly on Twitter, he has become a friend of the show. So we would definitely love to have him. But yeah, I mean, my biggest concern in general with higher ed um, is that we have a lot of people who are subject matter experts, but they're not, they haven't taken teaching courses. So a lot of times when we look at objectives, you know, we can, you know, it's not, not all, certainly there's a lot of really great instructors at higher ed level, but a lot of times we can get in the, in that basement and get stuck there. And I really relate to his comment about being trapped there and saying how we're doing the same tasks, even with this new technology, because I feel that way. Um, I feel like I've gone on rants about this before in my previous job um, in the schools in the K-12 school system. One of the initiatives was smart boards. And as much as I think smart boards can be used in good ways, they really are a it's not that different than writing on a chalkboard or writing on an overhead projector. It, if you're not doing something different with it and all you're doing is showing videos or all you're doing is writing your notes on it, it is no different and it's far more expensive. So I think in general, overall, we do that a lot with technology. We go, oh, well, this is really cool. I mean, even Quizlet for that matter, like, oh, look, Quizlet here, we can just make flashcards online. Well, yeah, but you could do that and they could actually write them out, which is gonna actually, we know, based on cognitive science, is they're going to learn more if they physically write it out. So. I, I totally agree that that is a huge issue in technology and ed tech in general. And I also, yeah, we are in, even in education in some ways, we're stuck in Bloom's basement. We really are. Assessments, think of how we assess. I mean, yeah. you can't get a higher level if we're doing multiple choice questions for standardized tests. Like you can't get into evaluate, create, you know, you how do you get up there if you're asking, here's a question, A, B, C, or D. Like, it's really hard. You can't do create with a multiple choice exam. So yeah, we're stuck down in the basement. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, and we'll see how tech evolves. You know, he says we need better tech to do it differently. So I think, you know, we're getting there. And I also think it's training that goes along with it. You know, how do we use that and how do we do it different so we're not just using our smart boards like an overhead projector? Yeah, and I think you you nail it when you say training and it, it comes down to, as I think we've mentioned so many times, it comes down to how are you supporting your teachers? How are you getting them the training, the instruction they need? What is your system set up for this technology? If you just give them a smart board and give them one lesson on how to use the arrow and the commands, but you don't talk about the pedagogy behind using this stuff to engage the learner, to get them to understand, to get them to have a better educational experience, then it's, unfortunately, it's useless at that point. So yeah, I mean, I just, I always hope that we actually stop for a minute and we don't keep developing ed tech without thinking about that part of it. Because like he starts in this article, and I think we, we agree with, if you just are going like, oh, that's cool, we can do that instead of this. Well, but if it's the same thing, how is it improving? Yeah, definitely. Well, Jared, if, you, if you'd like to get on the show, we could do a little segment and discuss this further with you. It's definitely an interesting topic, and I know a lot of our listeners would be really interested in it. 
And if you're out there listening and you want to be involved in the show, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Hit us up there. This is how Christy became the co-host of the show, and she's awesome, and we love her, and we're glad she's with us. Um, you can also hit up the subreddit, edtechweekly.reddit.com. We post stories there, engage, interact, and get in there. Um, and um, follow us on Twitter, for Tech Teachers or at Christy M. Warren. And uh, engage with us, interact, and of course, check out edtechweeklyshow.com for the links to the stories from this week's show. And uh, give us a show rating if you'd like as well. Now, Christy, we debuted a segment last week or last show about your Christy's Tech Tip of the Week. What do you I've have got for, another one for what you. Do you. What do you have for us, Christy? Well, I love this one. And so this week I'd like to share the Explore tool by Google. Do you use that one at all, Ricky? I do not. No. We, our Google suite that we use generally with professors is really the basic stuff. Like we're doing you know, the, the docs and the drive and the emailing. And, and that's really where we are. We don't, we're not really creating as we engage with faculty. So I would maybe some faculty are using some more things for students. But at this point, I'm not doing that, no. All right. Well, the Explore tool by Google, I think everyone should know about it, particularly if you're writing a research paper. Um, if you notice the lovely footnotes I did in our show notes today, it was just bam, right from the Explore tool. Ooh. So when you are in a G Suite product, um, doc slides or whatever, have you noticed in the bottom right corner a blue or gray square that says Explore? Ooh, yeah. If you haven't, you should definitely look into it. And as Alice Keeler would say, click on it. This will get you to a wealth of powerful research tools that can help with research projects. Specifically, it will suggest topics, images, and resources to be used in your writing. But the coolest thing, in my opinion, is how it cites sources right in your document. For example, I was able to use the Explore tool to quickly footnote the articles used in our podcast today. And the Explore tool does all of the work for you. It puts the footnote, it updates the numbers, and if you add another one earlier in the document, it changes it and correctly cites the source. All you have to do is copy the link in the search box of the Explore tool and bam, drop the citation into your document. Ricky, do you remember learning APA or MLA style? <laughs> that was, <laughs> do yeah, I remember it was learning so it? <laughs> tedious and precise. The Google Explore tool does this for you. So listeners, if you aren't using this tool, check it out. And if you haven't taught it to your students, please do. They will be eternally grateful. I'll drop a link here in the show notes from Ditch That Textbook with a blog post tutorial if you'd like to see how it's done. And yes, of course, I'll be using the Explore tool to do so. Yeah, I, I did not. I noticed that we have these citations in our notes this week. And I was like, boy, Christy's going above and beyond doing these sites. And now I know you just basically cheated and just typed in there and it gave them to you automatically. I but know. Once you know awesome. how easy it is, it's no longer impressive. I mean, it's still impressive because I have to be honest, I've seen that button down there and I don't even go down there to click on it. So it's, I'm really glad this was a tech tip, a weekly tech tip for me as well. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, good. Glad I could introduce you to a super easy tool in Google that can be really helpful. Well, you have, you, as always, you bring so much to the show and we appreciate all the listeners and we will see you next time on Ed Tech Weekly. <laughs>